I am now recording once again. I do have a request for the uh, audio bits that you use. Uh, you you could choose whichever where you want to put it, but I need you to put. I got no strings on me now, but I need you to put the Ultron version of it uh, from the trailer. No, I was I was actually debating on that. Okay, and consider it done. Okay, it's specifically the one from the the trailer they first ever. I'll hunt it down. Okay. That's the, that's the one I want. Okay, um, and then you could use death. This, you could pick a, put it wherever you want. Doesn't matter. Um, just that's I, I just request that. Okay. Uh, all right. I have the uh, I have the wiki up. Okay, this is gonna be a long one. Three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the episode of Cinema Shot, and I'm your host Ben, aka the Marvelous Ziggy. And T- Tyler did. Did you accidentally create an artificial intelligence out of an infinitely powerful cosmic gem again? Now you say the word accidentally. Tyler, we've been over this. You have to tell me when you're creating artificial intelligence. Next time, use ChatGP. Uh, okay, we're here as, of course, to talk about artificial intelligence. We are here not to talk about the Terminator series, although that's a series of movies we... C- God help me! That's a series of movies we can fucking do shit. Like the first, the first two are gonna be would be fun. Yeah, but and the then, rest to be woof. Well, we'll talk about it if we ever get there. Maybe we'll put that up to a vote for the next one. Um, and uh, all right, but we're not here to talk about the the Terminator or that program. We're here to talk about Avengers: Age of Ultron, aka the biggest sequel of all time, or one of the biggest, or at least promoted was the biggest sequel of all time. Um, Tyler, were you still on your Netflix binge for this one? Um, like I said before, as of Guardians of the Galaxy, I was pretty much all in for the MCU up until the end of, uh, okay. Phase 3. Okay, so this is where it starts uh, with, with you, uh, the last, what we did last week was where it started with you, got it, okay. Yep, it was Guardians of the Galaxy and then, uh, Age of Ultron immediately afterwards. Do you remember the amount of, like, hype this movie was getting when it was, before it was coming out? It was insane. Um, I vaguely remember, uh, the hype going into this movie. Like, I was definitely excited for it. Like, uh, follow-up to the Avengers movie, and, uh, having the promise of, uh, one of the biggest bads of the Marvel Universe, um, uh, it's, it sounded really cool. Yeah. And, um, uh, I was definitely excited yeah. for it. I, I still remember that trailer, the first trailer they showed, which was, um, I, which they had a very dark version of Pinocchio's I Got No Strings to, uh, um, to Hold Me Down. Um, which is so long since seen Pinocchio, and it's just so. And they're allowed to use it because they're under the Disney. Empire. Yeah, <laughs> there's that Disneyfication right there. Um, so uh, I remember being very, very excited. However, this movie by a lot of people, and I don't know if you, I don't think you read general chatter. A lot of people, I feel like this is the most divisive Avengers movie um, because of certain things that happen in its pacing, which we could talk about. Um, but. Uh, I'm really curious as to how, what you think about it, um, and, and now that I've seen it for like maybe the fifth time. Um, but let's go ahead and break it down before we break it down. Uh, this is, of course, Age of Ultron, directed by Joss Whedon. He's back again as directing duties, and written by Joss Whedon, of course, based on the Avengers comics by uh, Stanley and Jack Kirby. Uh, this was uh, released on April May 1st, 2015. Uh, so, of course, the, uh, they love having that first weekend of May. Uh, and of course, with a runtime of 141 minutes, almost a two and a half hour movie. I think it's the longest MCU movie to date at this point. And then, uh, bu- a budget of 440 to 500 million dollars, 
to a budget of $1.43 billion. So, boom. <laughs> Definitely crushed. Um, and then our huge... Uh, is this our biggest MCU cast yet? Right, I think it is. Yeah, it seems like it in terms of important characters, at least. Yeah. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. is back as Tony Stark Iron Man. Chris Hemsworth is back as the Mighty Thor. Mark Ruffalo is back as Bruce Banner slash Hulk. Chris Evans is back as Steve Rogers Captain America. Scarlett Johansson is back as Natasha Romanoff Black Widow. Jeremy Renner is back as Clint Barton Hawkeye. Uh, and in a uh, supporting role, Don Cheadle is is here for the first time as Rhodey War Machine. Um, and joining us are, is first off is Aaron Taylor Johnson as Pietro Maximoff and Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff. So minor, minor tangent right here. I love that within the span of a year that both An- uh, Anthony Taylor Johnson and and um, and uh, Elizabeth Olsen went from married couple to brother sister in the same within a year of movies like a year apart i love that it's just too funny That's to pretty me funny. it's it's hilarious to me paul bettany as jarvis and he actually becomes the vision uh in this one which is a pretty big moment colby Spothers returns as a small cameo as maria hill anthony mackie makes a cameo as sam wilson the falcon uh Haley atwell also makes an appearance as peggy carter idris elba makes a cameo as as heimdall uh, of course, Linda Cardellini, who many of us know as uh, Velma from the live-action Scooby-Doo movies, among other things, is plays uh, Laura Barton, Hawkeye's wife. Stellan Skarsgård even makes a cameo as Eric Selvig, and of course, playing the big bad himself, James Spader as Ultron, and of course, we're joined by Nick Fury. Uh, also, Henry Goodman is plays the role of Baron Wolfgang von Strucker, which I love. I'm sorry, I have to say that name. Ben. We also have Andy Serkis here as Ulysses Cloud. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's the first cameo. There's a, there's a lot in this movie, and Claudia Kim plays Helen Cho, who would become the daughter of not the daughter. She would be the mother of a of a cur of a more of like a another Hulk like character. There's a lot in here. There's a lot in here. Anyways, um, and a, and then finally in the post credits, the only post credits scene, we get another appearance by Josh Brolin as Thanos. Um, okay. Uh, I know I kind of broomed it a little bit, but whatever. Ah, okay. Um, I don't. I, I think it's going to be hard, hard to break this film down. Um, but what I'll say immediately, Tyler, and why I like this movie a lot, is that this is the only Avengers movie where they feel like a team. Yeah, it really does. Um, in the Avengers, the first one, uh, they were kind of uh, getting their act together. In this one, they feel much more realized, whereas in the next two Avengers films, they're more or less just kind of divided. Right. Um, the In Infinity War, they're all in different segments, and, and you know, that's how, and, and like, you're doing their own plots that combine the main plot. And in Endgame, half of them are dead. Um, now, granted, it do, they do feel like more like a team, but that's like the tail end of the of the era of the team. This is like, like they have a they have. This is like I feel like what more people wanted of the Avengers. They wanted the headquarters. They wanted the intermingling. They wanted all this stuff. And I feel like, for me personally, about Age of Ultron, that's where this movie lies in its strength: is the characters arguing with each other, um, hanging out with each other. Small little jabs where, like, you know, Thor and Tony are arguing about which girlfriend is better. Like, that that stuff is, like, pure comic book, like, you know, the breather moment before the next big thing happens. Yeah, I appreciate moments like that in bombastic superhero movies like this. Yeah, and there, it. however, I'm going to ask you this opinion. Now that we have the hindsight of where we went 
in the MCU. We saw the end game. By the way, this is the, I think this is the first time we hear the word end game in the MCU. Um, uh, it was right there all along. We knew what it was going to be called. Um, and um, now, how did you feel about all the prophecy bullshit that we got from Wanda Maximoff in the middle of the movie? Where basically it was like, oh, here's Thor's thing in his movie. Here's Here's what Black Widow's thinking and all this. I mean, it's mostly for Thor, realistically, but um, there's a lot of setup for a lot of other movies in this movie. Yeah, this is pretty much uh, the beginning of uh, the beginning of the end, uh, so to speak. You're right. Uh, yeah. Basic, yeah. Uh, it pretty much sets up uh, the whole uh, falling out for the Avengers te- team as a whole, uh, and it. It all starts here when uh, Wanda Maximoff gets into Tony Stark's head, and uh, it prompts him to make a death robot that almost destroys the world. Yeah, he's still clearly suffering from like he's he probably like not suffering from the PTSD that we saw from Iron Man three, but you could tell it's still in the back of his head, and Wanda merely pushes it to the memory, um, and we see him, you know, basically what Thanos ends up almost doing in in Infinity War and Endgame. Um, which leads to the creation of... I mean, shit, man. Um, last year, there was a space tumor that grew out of Dairy Queen. We, we ha- I think Earth has enough to deal with as it is. Yeah, wait. What am I talking about? Yeah, wait, uh, wait, hold on. We'll get to that when we get to Guardians 2. Yeah. yeah I was like, what the fuck? Wait, did- we didn't that. we're not there yet. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, Dairy Queen? What? Um, so let's go ahead and break down the plot um, a little bit. As fast as, fast as we can, because most of these... Are, I'll, I'll try to skip over the action sequences. Um, we do open up with a big action sequence as we kind of pick up... Hydra, what? Yeah, we're picking up off the uh, the, the skeletal remains of Winter Soldier storyline where uh, the Avengers are hunting down Hydra bases, but not just because, you know, they're Hydra, but because they're specifically looking for Loki's scepter. So, uh, because after S.H.I.E.L.D. fell, they have no idea where that fucking scepter went, so they're trying to find it. Um, so they're finding a Hydra base, and that's where we saw the the, the villain for... Um, not villain, but Baron Wolfgang von Strucker for the first time, where he and we saw the Maximus for the first time. Um, so um, they're raiding the base. We're introduced to that, uh, and lots of great moments. Is that great uh, reference to a, a splash page where they're jumping from the side and like towards the actions? Really, really good stuff. Um, the Avengers have their first fight with the Maximoff twins. You didn't see that coming? Um, you know, to quote the great Pietro Maximoff. Uh, and eventually they take him down. They take down Hydra. Um, and uh, they take back Loki's Scepter. And they go back to chill at formerly Stark Tower. And now it's Avengers Tower. And um, pretty much it's a big camaraderie. And Tony goes to, to Dr. Banner. And he, and he basically tells them that, like, um, about, like... They were working on something. There was some they're like robotics, advanced robotics, and he's like, Banner's like, they're working on artificial intelligence. It's like, you think what I'm thinking? It shouldn't. And Banner, and all, I love Banner, but in all his best judgment, should we inform the team? Nah, it's, it's better to ask. Tony started pretty much saying, it's better to ask for forgiveness than ask for permission at that point. Because um, he, he's like, I don't want to argue with people about the morality of it. Let's just fucking do it. Uh, because they only have three days of the scepter. And they work for three days with the Scepter with uh, Tony, Jarvis, and uh, Bruce. And they don't come close to it. 
So they're like, fuck it, close it up. I guess we're not going to have Ultron. Cause they, they... Except it does work because um, an artificial intelligence is born and it immediately attacks Jarvis. Within 30 seconds of seeing this inter- the internet, Ultron went crazy. And you know what? Fair. Fair. Absolutely fair. Because I would... I, I would have gone insane too. He probably saw Twitter and just went, uh-uh, no. Humanity's got <laughs> to end. I was, I was going to comment, there's so much porn. Oh no, my god. That's probably... that. <laughs> That too, I would say Twitter's the bigger problem, uh, or just social media would be just like how awful people are. Um, so so many TikToks. In between that, we get a great scene where um, the Avengers just don't believe that Thor's hammer is real. They don't believe that the whole he um, um, if he shall be worthy, you know, the whole thing. So we have possibly one of the best scenes in the Avengers uh, series of Avengers movies that hints at a bigger scene in Endgame. Um, where they all try to lift the hammer. It's so great, but I won't lie to you. I laughed my ass off. No, I didn't laugh. I gasped the first time when I saw Steve move, just slightly nudge the hammer. Like, even Thor was shook. He, the look on his face was priceless. Yeah, it's like, huh? <laughs> great acting by Hemsworth. Uh, but I do love Robert Downey Jr.'s, like, so, all right, so if I lift the hammer, I become king of Asgard? Like, absolutely, of course. I mean, I, I don't know. Did you ever look up what Prima Noctra is? I never looked that up. Um, I imagine. I never bother, but I'll just take his word. For I imagine it. it's like a sex orgy thing, knowing Tony Stark, or a drinking thing. Um, so, unfortunately, the party is crashed by a creepy Iron Legion uh, robot, and um, and basically he announces him himself as Ultron, deems the Avengers as the true threat to peace, and we get our first conflict with the Avengers, who get their ass kicked pretty handily. Granted, they're all in their uh, civilian outfits except for Thor. Um, well, he has the hammer at least, and we get a probably the most tense moment in the Avengers this time, where Thor is about to choke out Tony Stark, um, and he's like, "This is your fucking fault. You fucked with shit that you shouldn't be fucking with. What the fuck is the matter with you?" Um, and to which, and we get this sense that Tony plays up the, "Hey, you know what I did a couple years ago? I flew in a fucking wormhole, you know, kind of thing." Um, he plays that card. Tony Stark did nothing wrong. Tony Stark. That's basically what he's saying. Exactly. Yeah, and he he's like, I wanted to, like I want to build an iron uh, a, a iron curtain or an iron wall around the earth to protect it because he knows Thanos is coming uh, or something's coming. He knows that. So um, the event that's that's the crack, right? That's the crack in the foundation in the Avengers. His the creation of Ultron is that very very crack. So um, we we move forward. As we find out that Ultron is moving to, uh, w- or as Bruce calls it, Wakit Wakit, how what does he call it? Wakanada, I think that's what he pronounces that. Um, or, yeah, I think so. It'll be pronounced is it, no, it's Wakanda. Which first reference for Wakanda? Uh, uh, Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. We do get Black Panther in like two movies, so we're right around the corner. Hell yeah. Um, and so we get our first reference of Wakanda, our first reference of vibranium. Uh, we then, uh, oh, I for, completely forgot Ultron does meet up with the kids, and he's like, hey, work for me, and we'll, we'll kill the Avengers, and we'll kill Tony Stark, because the Maximoff twins have a vendetta against Tony Stark, because it was his weapons, when he was a weapons dealer, that, uh, was, I think, probably using in a proxy war in Eastern Europe, so their, their home was almost, well, a bomb went into their house. Very different from their original origin story, not gonna lie. Yes. Um, very, very different. Um... So, uh, they have a vendetta against specifically Tony Stark. Um, 
the Avengers rush to uh, it's not Wakanda, but it's it's a, a port of off Africa of of uh, I think the Ivory Coast, I think. Um, Probably. And uh, they confront Ultron. Um, Ultron with the greatest uh, comeback ever. He's like, yeah, um, you know, uh, he's like, you uh, you can't break anything. Uh, what was what does the line go? Um, um, you can't kill something. You, you, you can't without breaking something. And he goes, uh, and then Ultron replies, "Have you ever made an omelet?" And Tony with the fucking like, he beat me by one second. I'm like, like, <laughs> like, like father, like son. Um, and big scuffle. And the further crack of the Avengers happens here as Wanda Maximoff fucks up, mentally fucks up all the Avengers. Thor sees a future of himself where basically he leads the people to hell. Asgard has fallen, basically predicting uh, Thor Ragnarok, or the events of Ragnarok. He does see a glimpse of, uh, uh, he does see a vision of hope, I could say. Yes, yes, he does. Very gleefy. I didn't see, I don't remember seeing it in the original run, though. Um, uh, Black Widow sees, like, her past. Uh, Steve sees, basically, he didn't go into the eyes, um, and stuff like that. And Clint just says no to that fucking... Uh, hypnotism shit. Like, I've already, I've already done that. I'm not doing that shit again. Um, and unfortunately, they do get, they do hypnotize the Hulk, which leads into possibly one of the coolest sequences ever, as we see the Hulkbuster armor take on the Hulk for the first time. And great sequence. There's one moment I want to highlight is when the Hulkbuster just utterly punches the Hulk right in the jaw, uh, and Hulk spits out a tooth and just grins evil at him. And then it cuts to Tony's face, with the biggest, I'm sorry, and immediately just pure. <laughs> my favorite is when he's. My favorite is when he's just repeatedly punching, punching Hulk, and he's just going go to sleep, 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 go to sleep. Go to sleep, go to sleep. Oh, it's, that's great too. Um, and so, unfortunately, this is caught on every television ever. So the Hulk is now back again. I guess this is the first time like he's been sh- caught like uh, destroying things in a negative sense. Um, since, like, the early days? Yeah, every other instance, it's basically kind of like an isolated incident. Right. Um, like, the government would cover it up just to save their own skin. Right. Here, uh, it's all public. Everyone knows about the Hulk and how destructive he can be. Exactly, and, like, because they they saw him save New York, obviously, but, like, oh, he's a force for good. Here, it's like, no, and so the Avengers are pretty much running Hightail. Ultron has kicked their ass. The Hulk literally kicked their ass, or at least kicked Tony's ass. And they go to a safe house in um, in Clint Barton's home, who had they had no idea they existed, and they start questioning, like, "Are we even a fucking team? Like, I don't even fucking know shit about you. Like, what the hell is this going on?" There's romantic tension going on between um, Banner and Scarlet Witch. My apologies for talking over, but um, there's a lot to cover in this movie. Um, meanwhile, Ultron's still planning his ultimate uh, thingamabob, whatever his plan is. And uh, he goes to uh, Helen Cho in um, Korea, I believe, South Korea. And she has, and we hear about this MacGuffin earlier called the Cradle. It's called Cradle of Life, or and pretty much Ultron wants to take the vibranium and put it into the Cradle of Life and make himself a new body, a, a more realistic body. Um, and he even uses Loki's scepter to hypnotize uh, Doctor Cho to um, under his bidding. Uh, the Avengers intervene to stop it, or at least Cap, Black Widow, and um, Hawkeye do. Which, uh, at, in between that, Matt Wanda touches uh, the vo- the body's uh, head because it has the Mind Stone in it. And um, 
she sees a meteorite crashing down on the Earth, and that pretty much goes like, hey, uh, Pietro, we backed the wrong team. We gotta go. We gotta go. Uh, so they effectively join the event, like, uh, help uh, Captain America stop it. Um, and um, then Tony's like, now, they, we cut back to Tony and Bruce where they're like, hey, you know, um, talking about Ultron. And they have the body with them. And they're like, now, I know we fucked up making Ultron before, but what if we did it again? What if we did it again? But right. And he's like, uh, and Banner just losing his mind. Like, I'm in a time loop. I'm just in a time loop. Um, to the point where it gets even more tense, where the crack's starting to further, where, like, Cap wants to fucking knock Tony out for even thinking about doing this, um, until ultimately it's Thor who comes in and fucking shoots his his majestic lightning into the cradle of life, which gives birth to the Vision. Which I love how he gets the name because Thor called him a Vision, so that's why they call him Vision. I, I love that. That's cool. I like that. Um, and I love that he looks at Thor's cape and immediately um, <laughs> makes his own cape boys. Cape boys. We need not enough. Not enough capes in the in the Marvel universe. They don't like capes over there. Um. So we get this. We this is and this is like the first time the Earth based heroes find out. So back to back movies, we have uh, had instances of the Infinity Stones, and Thor reveals to them that fucking thing is the Mind Stone and is the most one of the most destructive things in the fucking universe. Um. And uh, and pretty much Ultron, uh, the twins, and uh, all and the Vision are all powered by the Mind Stone, and and if we have that on our side, we can beat Ultron. And so Ultron kind of gives a soliloquy like, "I don't want to kill Ultron, you know. I just I, like he's very much the gray the, the gray planet from Futurama. Um, he's pretty much that at this point, at least. He gains a personality later, and in <laughs> possibly the greatest moment ever, he's like." And we need to act quickly. And he just picks up Molnir like it's nothing. And and Thor's like, well, I mean, he is one of the six singularities. Of course, he would be worthy. Of course, exactly. So, and the Avengers are just too stunned. Thor's like, oh, oh well, we should get going. <laughs> We're not going to talk about this, not now. Um, and so they prepare for battle. We get a huge fight in Sokovia, um, which is just one. I think one of them, like, in terms of the um, scale of it all, is one of the bigger, like, uh, sequences we've seen in a movie yet. Um, at least in terms of one singular area. Um, and uh, Ultron's big plan is to basically lift a piece of Segovia, like a huge chunk of it, up into the sky, into the atmosphere, and basically throw it down and basically... Let like the dinosaurs, let a meteor crash and wipe out everything, and there will only be metal because only he's base he's basically going to pile drive the earth. Pretty much, exactly. So, um, the Avengers do stop him. Um, however, at the end of it all, uh, Pietro Maximoff is in it. Uh, he is killed. I still don't agree with that. I, I really don't agree with that. I still don't agree with that. What do you? Th- I wonder if that was on purpose because. Um... Uh, Maximoff's character was owned by both Fox and Disney at that point, and Disney was like, eh, you know what, it's fine, you can have him, we'll get him back eventually. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why, I think that was the conceding theory at the time, because uh, a lot of people were okay, because it felt like they were setting up Hawkeye to die, because um, they mentioned his family, he got nicked early on, it felt like they were, it was like a bait and switch, like at one point it was supposed to be Hawkeye. Um... But, uh, surprise, the Avengers are pretty, like, the fracturing, even though they come together at the end and they stop Ultron, 
the fractured is done. At the end of this movie, Tony Stark... Yeah, the scars are deep. Yeah, the scars are deep. Hulk takes a Quinjet and just leaves. He doesn't turn back to Banner. Uh, Natasha tries to call him back, but Hulk, like, even even though in Hulk form, Hulk knows what he's done, and he's got to go away. So we don't see him for another, God, four movies, I think? God, it's, it's yeah, a lot. Yeah, a whole two years without Hulk. Yeah, so Hulk's gone. Uh, Thor basically says he's going to be on a mission to find out more about the Infinity Stones because now they've had the uh, the Tesseract and the Mind Stone be a thing, so obviously something's going on with these. As well as the Aether and the Power Stone in the last two movies. True, exactly. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot they encountered the Power Stone and the Mind Stone. So he's encountered three things with the Infinity Stones, so... Um, he's like, something's going on here. And so he's going to go find out what's going on. Tony's just like, you know what? I think I'm done for a bit. I, I think, you know, I need to chill. Um, just just give it a year, Tony. You'll think of something. Exactly. Um, and, and so now we have a new Avengers team, which I always do love it, um, where it's Cap and Black Widow stay on from the original team. And this is very much like the comics where like the old guard left and um, we're joined by Scarlet Witch, um... Falcon, War Machine, and who else am I forgetting? Is that it? Vision. And Vision uh, to join this new Avengers team. Um, which, uh, and of course, we get teased with the Avengers Assemble, but they never fucking say it until we don't get that movie. It takes them a whole decade, almost eight years to get that shit out of their mouth. Um, but uh, Four years, actually. Yeah, four, four years. Well, for us, anyway. Exactly. Um, technically, ten years for <laughs> Um, and so, and then we get only one post credit sequence, which I won't lie to you, Tyler, I think it's the worst post credit sequence yet. Yeah, there really isn't much to this one, in all honesty, and it doesn't make sense in hindsight. Yeah, well, exactly, because, especially when we know that, in, okay, so basically, if you haven't seen it, you probably have, it's just, all it is, is basically regurgitation of the first, uh... Cutscene, cutscene, post cutscene from Avengers, but uh, Thanos opens up a vault or something and puts the gauntlet on and goes, "I'll do it myself." Now, I will say, my my mind logic is we're gonna jump a little bit of ahead to it because we know that um he gets the the doors of Nivedalir to make the Infinity Gauntlet. Um, yeah, yeah, we know that in Infinity War. My thinking is that's when that happens. Um, that, like, that is, he makes the gauntlet, and then after he makes the gauntlet, that's when he destroys everything. So that's why we, like, so that, like, all the, how bright and white it is, that's what it's supposed to look like. And, and then after he realizes, like, I have it, he just, he has his forces destroy Nivedalia. Would you say that's fair? I would say that would be fair. Because we don't know where he's getting the gauntlet. He's opening something up, but yeah, he's pretty much fine. I'll do it myself. Because Ronin betrayed him. He probably had. To, he he probably can't find any other stone, um, so he's pretty much on the active hunt. So pretty much, Thanos is in like in hunting mode now. Um, uh, his uh, he got switched to attack mode. He's in hunting mode. And he doesn't do anything for three years. Exactly. Well, he's looking in space. Um, he's looking for the power stone, and that's it. There's no other post credit sequence or anything. It is just pretty much Thanos saying, "I'll do it myself." Um, okay, so there's a lot to cover here. Number one thing I want to ask you: Do you think this this movie was too much? 
Um, there is a lot in this movie, uh, for sure. Like, it's definitely the longest run and the most dense with characters and storylines. Um, but it doesn't feel overwhelming, if that makes sense. Or at least not for me. No, I, I, I agree. I think it feels just right. Um, I think introducing all these characters is really, really cool because it just feels like, um, like what comics would do. Um, all of a sudden you have, um, you know, the, uh, like you have the Maxwell twins who become, who switch from, uh, evil, the side of evil, the side of good. And then I did switch allegiances more and I change my socks. <laughs> exactly. And then, um, the course of surprise creation of the vision, which I kind of thought they were going to do it, but you know, that was a nice twist. But, like, uh, I think that's where a lot of people bog down on this movie is because they feel like it's just set up. But I think the people who say that, they don't pay attention to, like, the individual arcs that the characters go on. Yeah. Uh, without the knowledge of hindsight, you wouldn't obviously realize that this is setting up for, like, huge events going on later on in the series. Yeah. Like, this is the start of Tony Stark's downfall. It's the beginning of... Uh, Steve Rogers questioning himself of uh, being uh, an authority figure. It questions Thor's morality of uh, leading his people into Ragnarok. There's a lot of stuff going on there, here there, that a lot of people don't really catch on. Yeah, to. well, I think they catch on. I think I think what they focus on that too much, and they 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 don't look at like the conflicts with the team because I think the I think the strength of this movie is the team. And the team not being in harmony when they're happy together, and also when they're at each other's throats, and how realistic they all like that chemistry. Where like you can, they generally feel like Thor. Generally, they generally feel pissed at Tony for them not disclosing the fact that they create he created a murder bot. Yeah, like they all flow together naturally. Uh, everyone bounces off each other really well, and they're. Their uh, banter with each other is one of the highlights of the film, bar none. Exactly. Now I have to ask you. Let's talk about the the uh, uh, Black Widow Hulk romance. How did you feel about that? Um, I don't think it's completely out of nowhere. They kind of built that up in the first Avengers. Uh, I will say though, if Betty Ross finds out, she'd be pretty pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. They need to. The, they need to address... Well, Scarlet Witch is dead now, um, so he could always go back to her. Um, yeah, I, I really like... I mean, I won't lie to you. That's the first thing I thought of back even back in the day. I was like, wait, Bruce, Betty, you have Betty. Um, but, of course, I, I like it because, like, um, it, it's, like, it goes back to that bar scene where um, they're talking like they're from the 1940s. Hey, we got, you know, you got, you got a bad taste of men, kid kind of thing i like there there's that like okay i could believe that she's into him and that he's kind of like nebbish about it he's like he's like i don't know what to do um which i think this is part of mark ruffalo's charm um but it's also kind of tragic in the sense that like obviously uh wanda uh, not wanda um uh, natasha can't have kids because of the she's basically uh sterilized because of her training as a black widow which we basically we find out in the uh, in the vision she has, um, but also Hulk is is afraid of like what what about my DNA and then like like I'm always on the run and all this nonsense. Um, it's a very tragic love story. 
Yeah, it really is. On both their parts. And it doesn't really get any resolution past this, unfortunately. No! That's the biggest... Okay, my, minor... Com- this is a bit of a jump forward. The fact that they set this up, and because so much goes going on, um, like, because he goes away for so long, by the time he comes back, Natasha is is dead. Um, or no, no, no. Not, not even necessarily. They're just on the opposite side of the of the globe. but And they kind of, like, acknowledge each other, but they don't really... They're like, it's over. It's just over. Um, which kind of sucks. Um, you were gone for so long. But I, I wanted to see more of it, man. Just because it felt... Because like, I don't think the comics have ever paired those two up together. Um, they might have done it afterwards, but I thought I thought it was genuine. Um, I think one of my personal favorite scenes is when uh, Tony Stark and, and, Captain, and uh, Steve Rogers are chopping wood together. Yeah, just having the good old talk, just chopping wood like bros. Exactly, but it's also a good like moral topic where like, you know, um, you know, like it, it starts off as a little co- side comment where he's like, um, you know, I yeah, my I wish my teammates told me shit. They don't tell me shit anymore because uh, Thor had just wa- had just flown away uh, to find out more about his vision, um, and uh, and and Tony getting into Cap's face about it. You can't handle not being in a war. You always have to be in a war. Um, and, and uh, like, I really liked the, the biting, um, between the two, you know, it felt like, cause like real, real friends fight, whether, whether people want to admit that or not, a, a real friend will come after you if you do something fucking stupid. And let, let's be real. Tony Stark did something really fucking stupid here. Yeah, he did, but he did it because of, he thought he was doing something right, right. but he honestly wasn't. Exactly. He was doing it for his own, you could say selfish reasons, um, but, um, like, he was doing it for the right intentions. He just, bro, you just have to say something. That's all you had to do. <laughs> just tell the team. Um, let's, uh, let, what did you think about the Maximoff kids? Um, Pietro and Wanda are pretty good additions. Um, I specifically, um, enjoy Wanda in this film. Uh, I think she has a really interesting dynamic, uh, being, uh, the big instigator of all the the big plot threads that we talked about up to this point. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, you know, uh, with the vision stuff and everything, but I do like her change of heart, because, like, she only, they, uh, like, they only wanted revenge on Tony Stark. They did not, I didn't sign, they, they basically said, I didn't sign up for this. Um, I do like that they made him Eastern European. I, I, I very much like that. Yeah. Um, Very true to their original characters. Ex- exactly. I I wasn't expecting because they didn't make Black Widow um, have that accent. They had her basically talk like a like a typical American. Um, so it was cool that they made him from a, a, a grant. It's a it's a made up country in the Marvel universe, but um, they made him from that origin. They could have made him anywhere else. Um, but um, what was your favorite action sequence besides the ending? Um, it would probably be between... Actually, no, it's no contest. It's, um, the Veronica suit versus the Hulk. Yeah, the Hulkbuster? Yeah. Um, I... Because they allude to that, um, the, the... It's called Veronica early early on in the movie, and it's like, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, but my favorite, besides the whole, you know, I'm sorry bit, is when Veronica give me a hand, and it's literally giving him a hand because the Hulk destroyed off the other one. Ah, I see what you did there. Tony, Tony Stark's a master of puns. Um, and it's it's just a great fight. Because we need, that's like the, we saw Tony Stark tussle with the other two 
you know, original founding members. We did not get to see him tussle with the Hulk because mostly he was trying to, you know, be friends with Bruce. So it was really cool to see the Hulk and Iron Man, the first two people of the MCU, uh, throw down with each other. Not only that, but you have to remember that he was prepared for this. Like, he knew that there was going to be a time where he had to tussle against the Hulk and he had this suit on standby. Exactly. Um, just in case the Hulk ever, like, Banner ever lost control. Um, very well choreographed. I will, re- I do remember, um, cause this, this came out like two years after Man of Steel and Man of Steel had that whole controversy with like, oh, Superman just killed all those people in the building, yada, yada, yada. I'm not gonna get into that. But I feel like they made a deliberate choice to show that while yes, they are causing property damage, Tony's like, the elevator, he catches the elevator telling people to get off and he's trying to avoid collateral damage. Stuff like that. I felt like that was a deliberate choice. It's still a great uh, set piece, but I felt like like that was deliberate in what they were doing. Or like um, hilariously when he bought the building before he dropped the Hulk straight into it. I did not notice that. That's hilarious. Because how fast can we buy this building? Um, I guess when you're that rich. Um, I think for me though, I really love the uh, the highway chase in Korea. I think that yeah, that's a great one. That's that's a great one, especially with possibly that they didn't notice at first, but now I can never not notice it and laugh. Is when Cap, you never, you know, you think you're dumb, but you're not as dumb as Captain America trying to choke out a robot. Um, yeah, right. So and it doesn't even happen for long, and I'm like, oh, there it is. It's probably like an adrenaline thing, like when Obi Wan tried to kick General Grievous. Oh yeah, I forgot he tried to do that. Um. So, um, yeah, but, like, great, great action. Um, that's the one thing I like about this movie is it's a globe-trotting affair. Um, we're, like, we're not just in New York in a couple of places. Like, like the last one, it felt like it, like, the, like, it felt, sm- like, closed in a little bit, would you say? Like, a lot, uh, which yeah. is which was fine, and you had the New York, which opened it up. Here, we're in Eastern Europe, and then we're in, um, New York City, and then we're in Africa, and then we're in North Korea, um, and all this stuff, and we do revisit some areas. And then we're floating in the sky for some reason. Exactly. Um, but, like, seeing, um, I, I, I won't lie, in the finale, I do love that spinning shot where they do, they, they basically try to recreate the, the, the turnaround moment with all the Avengers. I I know the first one's technically better, but I really like them seeing, like, doing all flippy-dippy poses and fending off the uh, Ultron, U- Ultron bots. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. It's a neat shot. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that having watched this multiple times, I can see why people um, don't like this movie as much as the first one or the definitely the other two. But I think this holds merit because the characters hold it all together. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot going on, but there's enough to keep you interested. Yeah, exactly. Even if, like, because I feel like this is a movie where I said I wanted to um, watch it again because at first I'm only, I think I only paid attention to, like, all the, like, the, the what are you, what are you predicting next, you know, and then, because then you miss out on the character moments and stuff like that, which, I, uh, like I said, I think that would, that, that's what makes this movie great. Let's talk about, let's wrap this up and let's talk about our villain. James Spader as Ultron, um, who James Spader was a hit right now because he was on a TV show. I don't remember what it was called now. I don't even know if it's on TV anymore. Um, he was around before then. I think he was like on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, I think. Um, 
but he had a show on NBC around this time that were like he, his name kind of got in resurgence. Bro, I really liked his performance as Ultron. Yeah, like he definitely has shades of Tony with his mannerisms. Like he has snark, but at the same time, he's kind of confused uh, with his programming being conflicted. You know, uh, being a child uh, researching the entirety of the internet all at once would do that to you. And I think his uh, moral afflictions kind of do make sense, in all honesty. Yeah, um, he's not, he's not, like, he's, I wouldn't say he's like a river, but he's like a pond. Like, he's, he's deep, he's just deep enough where, like, he has, he clearly has the daddy issue, um, because he, he chops off, uh, uses his claw's arm because he compared him to Tony Stark, um, and, um... But I I won't lie. At first, I was a little like I didn't realize he was basically mimicking Robert Downey Jr. until like the second time I watched. It's like, oh shit, he is doing that. Yeah, it's completely deliberate. Yeah, but like when he's being menacing, like that first scene when he introduces himself, and I think it helps that he's like in that decrepit robot form. Um... That looks more like his comic interpretations, in all honesty. Yes, it does. Yeah, that's probably the closest... Yeah, which I think that's... I think that was the, the reference we were getting. Um, like, he's real. When he wants to be creepy, he's really creepy. Yeah. There's nothing more disturbing... Nothing more disturbing than a rogue AI. Like, that's the feeling that I get from Ultron here. Yeah. Um, and, I, and, you know, um, like... Again, it's not like obviously Ultron in the comics is more like straightforward because he's logic. But I like that this Ultron because he's based off of, I think Jarvis is based off of like Tony Stark's manners, and so of course he's gonna take he, he took over Jarvis, um, or he destroyed Jarvis. But like I, like there was this, there was a sense of like chillingness to him when he was being serious. It was it was almost like we were seeing the dark side of Tony Stark come to come to fruition. Yeah, it's basic. Ultron is basically, uh, if I can describe it correctly, uh, he's basically all of Tony's fears manifested uh, in a single entity. Pretty much. Um, which is different from his comics orient- uh, um, orientation, because Tony Stark did not create uh, Ultron in the comics. It was... It was Hank Pym, It right? was Hank Pym, who we won't see till next movie, which I know a lot of comic fans were pissed off about this. Um, I, think it, I think within the context of this universe, it makes sense that it's both it's 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 Tony and Banner versus a guy because then they would have to introduce Pim and a whole other thing and it's he already, and they probably thought about that but I think it's better that it's all it's him because he's the one who wants to protect the world from a suit of armor. Now that being said, I don't I think I like his his design for the most part except for his final design. Yeah, I honestly uh, didn't notice it at first, but the final design. Um... It's it's kind of a bit much. Like, just just the armor plating on top of the armor plating is just kind of distracting. Yeah, and and like even Tony says, like, you little puffy. Like he looks really big. Um, and also this is a this is a, a weird thing to think. I don't like that. The, and this is the thing that Hollywood loves to do. They did it with Transformers. I don't like that he had a mouth. Yeah, like. Say what you will about Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Um, they knew how to design Ultron, um, like with just the the plated face with the scary with the scary mask face yeah. that 
that just lights up when he talks. Yeah. Like, that's how I envision Ultron. Yeah, and that's how his bots are. His bots are all like that, or they're just, they light up whenever they talk, but for some reason, no, the audience, like, has to convey the fact that he's talking, so we have to give him a moving face. I guess. Um, but he's still, like, you. to me, like, you have Jane Spader, whose voice alone sends trembles down people's spines. You don't, you don't need that shit. Um, yeah. Like, like, it just... With the mouth, he's a lot less scary. Yeah, he kind of looked, he kind of looks silly a little bit. Like, if he had the static face and he was that big, I'd like it a lot more. Yeah. I'd, I'd like it a lot Because when I see him just listening to Pietro uh, talking about his troubled childhood, and he just makes the, hmm, I'm interested face... I'm not. I'm not trembling in fear. I'm laughing. Yeah, it's because that face is. Hilarious. It just looks like, and I get it. You know, they again trying to be like Tony because that's what Tony would do. But like, if he's supposed to be the dark side of Tony Stark, let that be the faces because he has no emotion. Because Tony, Tony cares. Ultron doesn't care clearly, um, or his care is misguided in 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 his uh, in his thinking because of of the process he goes through, but. That's more of a creative decision. That's not James Spader's fault, but um, definitely, um, definitely, a, like I would still say that um, uh, Loki is a stronger villain than uh, Ultron, but Ultron got pretty close. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, in terms of uh, his threatening aura and uh, what he was planning to do, yeah, he definitely came close to Loki in that regard. Now, let's go ahead and talk about our final new character, which is the Vision, who we don't get a lot of time with in this in comparison. Um, we get more of him in Captain America Civil War, but what did you think about... Did you, did you, were you shocked by the creation of the Vision? Because I know I was when uh, he was first, when they made him in the movie. I was welcome to it. Uh, we didn't really talk a lot about Jarvis um, in our retrospective so far because we never really got a chance to. He, he's kind of just there. That's the thing. It's hard to talk about Jarvis because like, uh, yeah. he doesn't really do anything other than be Tony Stark's voice in the head. He doesn't have a character. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's the whole reason why we didn't. But now he actually has a purpose because now he's a hero of his own. And he actually has a lot more to do this time around. Unfortunately, in this one, he's pretty much just the Mind Stone for all intents and purposes that only exists to stop Ultron as of now. So, there isn't a lot to work with here, but we get a lot more Civil War on Yeah, he's pretty much just the big MacGuffin. He, he is the MacGuffin that helped him stop Ultron. Um, and I do like that he ponders about everything. And it's cool that it's Paul Bettany, the guy, because they easily easily could have casted somebody else to be Vision and had him change the voice, right? But I like that they know Paul's been here since the beginning. This is, it's, it's, I don't know if it was a do thing or of like, this is always the road they were going to go down, but I thought it was really cool that, oh no, that still sounds like Jarvis. That's great. Because in every version of the Vision, because he has a normal human voice, he doesn't sound Robotic, would you like, or or like, like he's a, a machine man, right? Like Ultron sounds synthetic. Vision does not. Yeah. Um, and I like because every time I hear Vision in in other media, he always talks like this because I am the Vision, you know, like that. He does like he doesn't like not like that stereotypical, but he has a synth a synthetic voice. Here, it's still synthetic, but he sounds 
they chose to make him sound more human, uh, which I think adds to that to that characterness of him. Um, and it's just like a, again a, a tease of things to come. For sure. Okay. Uh, and we are talking about post credit sequence, and let's go ahead and and rate it. Uh, we are now officially in the second half. Of the MCU, I feel like this is the this is. No, we got one more movie in Phase Two. We got one more. I thought Ant Man was the start of Phase Three. Or am I wrong? No, it's it's the end of Phase. Okay, two. so we got one more movie at the end of Phase Two. Uh, when we come back next week, we go from the most biggest of scales to the tiniest, tiniest of heroes. Uh, next week, we're tackling everybody's favorite actor, Paul Rudd's Ant Man. Uh, Paul Rudd. Uh, Tyler, before but before we go. How many Ultron heads out of five do you give a Avengers Age of Ultron? I'll give this um, four unlifted Thor hammers out of five. Um, I think this is a really entertaining and dense movie with a lot of character and uh, a lot of uh, interesting uh, back and forths. A lot of um, developments that start here. Uh, although... It's not as interesting or as fun as the first movie, uh, the first Avengers, if I can compare it to anything, which I don't think it's bad, in all honesty. It's a four, for gosh sake. Uh, really entertaining movie uh, from start to finish. I'm going to give it a solid four out of five for me. I The more I watch this movie, the more I like it. I think it's because now we know where we end up, and... I don't have to. I can just pay attention to the movie. If you look at this movie as just a stopgap and just like, oh, it's all, it's just, it's it's just this and this and this. I think you're missing the point of the movie. You're missing so much. And of course, great action, great, great, a great finale, a really thrilling finale. Where like, I remember watching in the theater, thinking, I don't know how the how the fuck they're gonna win this. How are they gonna fucking win this? And of course, they pull it out their ass. Um, shades of things to come. And uh, for sure, for sure. and like just a gr- like popcorn movie, just pure get your popcorn, have a good time kind of movie, you know, fantastic. Um, uh, all right, but that's gonna do it. Uh, Tyler, please plug your stuff before we get out of here. You can follow me on Twitter at Tiger Shoes Rev Two. I check the pinned tweet to take to take you to my YouTube channel, Home of Tire Shoes Reviews. I recently posted a Tekken 7 video, and that's been doing gangbusters lately. I am scared of all the attention I've been getting lately. Uh, please be gentle. <laughs> Congratulations on this, buddy. You deserve it. Um, and, of course, you can follow me at twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy. And, of course, join me live four times a week at twitch.tv slash Iggy2004. We're currently in September doing the month of roguelikes where I'm playing Hades, Moonlighter, Enter the Gungeon, and Dead Cells uh, uh, on different days this week, uh, this month, to try to see if I can complete a run um, or anything in this game, uh, any, anything in these games, and, and just show people who maybe don't like roguelikes um, that they're pretty cool to check out. You might want to look at them. Uh, and, of course, uh, Charges.com for this episode as well as others. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week for Ant-Man. Until next time... There are no strings to... I don't know how the lyrics go. Fuck! Let's get out of here. I'm done. And for gosh sakes, watch your language. Language! That's not going away anytime soon.